0: it's Casey. Thank you for tuning in to Shine On today. We're with Nancy Rines, and we're talking about her recent trip to heaven. Nancy is a geologist and writer from Colorado. Awakenings from the Light is her new book. 12 lessons from a near-death experience. Nancy sees things differently now, but there was a time she didn't believe at all.
1: That actually started when I was in my late teens, uh, when I began going to university for my geology degree. That was basically how we were in the sciences, you know. If we couldn't measure it, if we couldn't touch it and feel it, you know, with our two hands, it, it didn't exist. And it kind of also came about because there was that, that was the time there were a lot of scandals in in many of the churches regarding, you know, sexual misconduct for the pastors and priests. And I took that the wrong way, meaning that there was no God because how could God let this happen? So those two things kind of came together at the same time for me, and I just completely turned my
0: back on anything, you know, other than material reality. So there you were, getting your geology degree, just believing in, you know, rocks and things you can touch and measure. (laughs) That's
1: right. And then what happened? Well, I stayed that way really for the next 20 some odd years. I had friends who were spiritual so we talked about those types of things but I kind of you know didn't have any belief in them. So about 20 years of that went by and I was beginning to feel a little bit hollow inside by the time I reached my mid to late 40s. There was something missing from my life. I mean I had a great family, I had a beautiful daughter. It wasn't that. It was there was something else and I really didn't know what that was. So it was late 2013 when I I was beginning to feel that way, like, wow, there's got to be something more. I feel like I'm stuck. And then a couple of weeks later, early 2014, so January 3rd of 2014 is when I had this bicycling accident when I was in Boulder, got hit by a, a woman who was driving a big SUV and was texting at the same time and she didn't see me.
0: Wow. And...
1: That event really precipitated a complete shift in... My thoughts and beliefs about reality, or not just the afterlife, but like reality at its core. The accident itself wasn't; it was definitely very traumatic. I was in a lot of pain, but I had an experience there which began my questioning, and I felt like I was watching the accident happen from outside of me, and I could see things that were happening that I shouldn't be able to see because I was actually being dragged underneath of this vehicle for hmm. you know like fifty feet or something, but I could see things happening that i shouldn't be able to see from underneath the car underneath the truck and that was when i began to think hmm (laughs) reality isn't what i thought it was (laughs) and a few days later so i had been brought into the er you know after the paramedics came and i was brought into the er i had a lot of injuries mostly spinal injuries that they decided that they needed to do surgery on me in order to repair all of these breaks. And, you know, I was pretty close to being a quadriplegic. So I was brought into surgery a couple of days later, and that's when I had my event. It was a a medical event where I had some kind of a reaction to the anesthesia, and my blood pressure went to zero, my heart rate stopped, and I didn't know that because I was brought into this incredible, beautiful, lovely place of love and light and peace and joy.
0: So God said she didn't really grasp the whole situation under the SUV, so we got to get her again one more time. Right, exactly. (laughs) (laughs) I, I don't mean to make light of it. I truly don't. And I have so many questions. No, that's okay. But you got some insight when you were underneath the SUV and then you were taken to a completely different place when you had this reaction to the anesthesia. What did you see in that place? Describe it to us.
1: I was standing, which was the really the first part that caught my attention. I was actually standing, and I shouldn't be standing, but I was standing on a hillside with flowers all around. It was like a meadow, so there was a clearing of what looked to be short grasses and flowers. On this hillside uh, below me were some trees, and off in the distance were what looked like mountains, mist kind of going through all the trees. There was a bright light that kind of came from everywhere. It wasn't like a sun in the sky. It was just, the sky was just bright, silvery, blue kind of light. It wasn't really the view that startled me. It was the feeling of being at complete peace and welcomed. And it was the welcoming that took me off guard and the love for me, who I was, which I didn't expect. Did you meet anybody? Uh, well, I sort of did, yeah. I, the, first, uh, the first few moments were by myself and then I started thinking, I wonder if I died on the operating table. And if I did, why am I here? Because I don't believe in any of this stuff. And there was the, the answer that came to me was, this is your home. There, it was like an audible answer that kind of came everywhere. This is your home. You are a part of me. You are my child. Welcome home. That just made me, I just wept. I couldn't stop weeping. It was so welcoming. I felt almost ashamed for having, like, turned my back on spiritual reality, you know, for so long. But it was, you know, it was accepted. It was understood. So I sat kind of with that for a while. And then there was another being, a physical, what it looked to me to be a physical being came to me. And she was a woman a little bit taller than myself. She said, "I'm going to be your teacher or your guide for the next little while, so that you can learn what you need to learn in order to go back and make your life one that's truly memorable." Mm. And I kind of stuck on that because I didn't want to come back at first.
0: Oh. <laughs> so you left at home, a wonderful career and a wonderful uh, family and a, and a pretty good life. Although you were feeling a little hollow, you really liked your life. And now you're it was in, pretty good. Yeah. yeah, it was pretty good. And now Nancy Rhines, you're in this place, and you're like not even. Been thinking about going back. What's Did that it?
1: like? you know, I felt a little bit bad. I mean, granted, I felt bad because my family was here and I wanted to stay there. But at the same time, I knew there was this deep knowing that they would be well taken care of. It was absolutely, I knew for a fact that everything would be fine with them after, you know, the initial grief period. But I knew for a fact that they would be very well taken care of. So it was just a knowing that it would be okay they would be fine the pull to stay in this incredible place was so huge you know it was just the most incredibly welcoming loving place that you could imagine
0: and what did this fairly tall woman teach you well she started off by teaching me about
1: the agreements that i had made before i was born into this life some of the things that i wanted to accomplish and do part of that was being sent back into this life so coming having this accident visiting her, being there in what you might call heaven, and then coming back was all part of the plan that I had agreed to do. So she taught me about those, some people call those soul contracts. Mm-hmm. I just call it my agreement for this life. And then she also taught me about the deeper nature of true spiritual love, that love was really, you could consider it the binding force or the the structure upon which all else is built, um, not just in the spiritual realm but also here she taught me about gratitude and how gratitude is another very pure form of love that we can show to each other and to our creator as just another way you know to give back love she also taught about the importance of community of being in a community helping each other out being supportive of your friends and neighbors and and the greater community of your you know nation or your planet she talked a lot about that as well
0: so can i ask you this nancy Rines? did she (laughs) explain what the point of this life is why do we come here why do we make agreements and come here what's the point each
1: person will have different reasons for coming there are generally a few different reasons um, one of them and for most of us to learn to experience being here in the physical because it, that's different from you know being in the spiritual realm there's a lot of stuff that we can learn here in the physical that we can't really learn as quickly in the spiritual realm there are things that we like to, to experience here that we can't there like in fact she told me like holding a, a newborn baby just physically holding that baby and bonding with that that child is something that we can't really do the same way in in spiritual form. So there are just the, the physical experiences of being here that are valuable. And also just learning how to be away from our spiritual home, but yet still love and support each other. and love and support ourselves. Learning how to do that in an environment that isn't so conducive to that. It's kind of like, you know, going to finals. You know, if you're in college or even in high school when you have finals week, this is kind of like finals week. You need to figure out how to, be that loving person that that you are in the spiritual realm but here where it's a lot more difficult
0: Right, so learning yeah. to be that spiritual person even in the midst of all this we're talking to my new best friend Nancy Rines <laughs> Awakenings from the Light is her book 12 Life Lessons from a Near-Death Experience. Nancy when you talk do you watch football? I do <laughs> You know when the people they make the football touchdown and then they go into the end zone and they like do that dance? Right. <laughs> That's what I'm doing. As you're talking, I'm like doing that dance. I just, I'm just loving the stories that you're sharing. I want to take you to page 158 of your book, Awakenings from the Light. It says, the realm of spirit is at its core energetic. Its structure is the energy of love. Divine love permeates and forms the structure of everything. Everything. There is nowhere that love is not. I saw and experienced this quite vividly while I was near death. Let that sink in for a moment. The core or structure of our physical world is also the energy of spiritual love. I would just like to add to that, Shazam! (laughs) What does it mean to you day-to-day now?
1: Day-to-day now, it is so much easier because I, it's not that I know that in my head. I feel it in my heart. Basically, the way I go about my life now is I know because love is at the core of everything that whatever I'm experiencing on this, in this moment is part of the divine plan, is part of the divine love, that what I'm experiencing is good. Now, that doesn't mean that I necessarily might enjoy it in that moment, but I know that it's serving a greater purpose, that there's a greater purpose to what I'm going through. And it's, it's kind of like having a strong foundation is the way I look at it right now. That foundation of love is always at my feet. And whatever choices that I make on top of that can only add to the love in my life. It allows me to be more conscious in every moment of how I interact with others, what decisions I make, how I show up in this life. I know that the love is there already, and it's up to me. It's my decision to make the choices that can add to that in my life. And I also know that because that love is there, that I'm at my very core connected to everyone around me through that love. So even someone I don't know on the other side of the world, because that divine love is at the core of all that's here, I am connected to that person. So whatever happens to that person over, we might say, over there in that other country is also part of me. It's also happening to me. Wow. It's also a concern of mine. Because that love connects all of us, how I go forward now is it's my belief that I need to care for everyone.
0: When you... Turn on the news, and you see what's happening in our country politically. Can you find love there?
1: Sometimes I have to take a deep breath. (laughs) I would say there's a divine plan at the core of all of this. Because in order for us as a nation, or even not just a nation, but as a world, to come together, truly come together, we need to understand what divides us. And right now we're seeing what divides us. I don't know that, we, that all of us kind of saw that before. We wanted to kind of gloss over the fact that there were divisions amongst different people that were very, very big. Now we can see what we're up against. And, and it's only when you can see what you're up against can you actually fix it or overcome it. I think fully it's probably going to take... Ten years, twenty years before we really start to see a huge shift, mm-hmm. but I can see it already starting, which gives me a lot of hope. In heaven, mm-hmm. when you yep.
0: thought of your life from that perspective, were there different countries, or is it just one world?
1: One world. There was no division. It was. It was so apparent that these things we call countries are just arbitrary lines on a map. You know, that's how I. I and you know, the woman that was my guide and all of the other, she said all of the other beings there, all of the other spiritual beings see this planet as a whole, right. not divided up in the country.
0: That woman yeah. that was your guide, do you hear from her? Occasionally. I mean, I know that she's with
1: me and when I ask for guidance, sometimes, most of the time I get my guidance you know, directly from what you might call God or the big spiritual picture, divine universe. Some people call it that. Some people call it God. Sometimes I hear her voice in my heart by itself, and she's you know, gives me guidance or even just like a spiritual high five. <laughs> you, know, yeah. you did a good job today. One of the things that I learned when I was there as well is, is that our spiritual friends and family whether they're here physically with us or not whether they're in spirit they're with us all the time whether we can feel them or not so we're completely surrounded by those beings and people that we love Oof. there is no separation they kept telling me that all, over and over is there is no separation between us here and then there it's it's our perception of the separation.
0: All right. And now that you have this newfound knowledge, do you feel yourself connecting more with ancestors or friends on the other side?
1: Not really. I don't go there very often. Um I know they're with me and I I do, you know, in the morning I might say, you know, hello, but the reason I'm here is to live this life. So I focus on living this life as best I can. You know, for me, dabbling in, you know, speaking to people who are no longer in this plane, it doesn't right now, anyway, serve my purposes, and it doesn't serve God's purpose for me being here. Me being here is all about me living this life the best that I can.
0: Right. And your purpose is to? Be love. Be love. When you go back now and look at this this world of geology, do you see it differently?
1: I see it on a bigger scale. Uh, that that what I studied as geology is just like a little, not even a symbol full of knowledge in the vast ocean of reality. I mean, it's probably like a pinprick. (laughs) Mm. I realized what I didn't know, and what I didn't know was vast. As compared to what I thought I knew as a geologist. And it's kind of exciting. There are parts of me that wish I could have a, some kind of a spaceship that could travel to all these other planets that we're starting to, to find now and, and learn about all of the other ways of forming a planet or, you know, having a solar system and just seeing the diversity of this big, beautiful universe because it's so vast. It's so much bigger than I ever dreamed.
0: Do we have other people on other planets? That's what I was told, yeah, that we're not it. I
1: mean, just mathematically, you kind of can figure that out. But I did ask that question, and she replied that, yes, there are other civilizations on other planets currently in our current time, and there certainly have been in the past as well. We're not it. We're part of a galaxy and really a universe that's full of life.
0: Now, when you came back from the operation and they got you stabilized, and now you're well, how did you tell your family what had happened?
1: (laughs) That was so hard. (laughs) I struggled with that for days and days, and I first spoke with the chaplain. That seemed like the best way for me to start. So I spoke with the chaplain just to make sure that I wasn't totally crazy. And she assured me that this was a real thing, that what I had experienced had happened to other people. So she gave me the courage to speak to my family and some close friends. I don't remember exactly what I said, but at first I told one of my sisters. I told the sister that I knew wouldn't freak out. (laughs) (sighs) So I told her, I think, you know, they told me that I died on the operating table and I had this really incredible experience. I went and visited heaven and she was totally down with that she was like oh gosh please, you know tell me more about it so she was all excited and that gave me the courage then to continue speaking about this to my other family members and close
0: friends do you know when this this woman your guide did she give you any indication of what your future would be like
1: a little bit yeah so she gave me some insights into my near-term future not anything past like i don't know three or four years out and basically everything that she told me it was very personal um has come to pass It was just briefly about you know the future of of the country and the planet but Again, it was only within the next few years that she talked about that. So everything that she talked about did come to pass, which was nice to have that validation for me.
0: Can you tell us one of the things that came to pass?
1: Yeah, Donald Trump was elected president.
0: She told you, while you're in heaven, that Donald Trump is going to become the president? Yeah, I mean, she explained that things were going to be rough for a while
1: on, on this planet, and she explained, you know, that he would be president that he would be a catalyst for a lot of change. At that point, this was early 2014. So he hadn't even thrown his hat in the ring as a candidate yet.
0: Nancy Reince, you had to be flipping out when you're watching the news and you see it coming and you see it coming and you're like, yeah, I know. I know. I know. I
1: was, you- I was actually the day that he proclaimed that he was going to run. I think that was must have been in spring of I don't remember when it was April or March of, of 2016. I was with some friends who were part of the Democratic Party in Colorado, and I, we all heard together on the rate—I think it was a radio station—that he had declared his candidacy. And I turned to all of them and I said, "He's going to win the election." They all looked at me and they said, "Crazy! There's no way He's, he doesn't have any—you know—political p- credentials." It said, "You watch, he'll win." That's what I was told. And sure enough, he won. Wow. <laughs> You know, at first they thought I was crazy, and then when he won, they weren't thinking I was so crazy anymore.
0: Nancy Rines, the book is Awakenings from the Light, 12 Life Lessons from a Near-Death Experience. No wonder you didn't want to tell anybody about it. I nearly died. I went to heaven. I met a guide. She told me Donald Trump is going to run for and win the presidency of the United States.
1: It, yeah, it was really, it was so unusual. I mean, if she would have said, well, you know, Hillary Clinton would win, then I wouldn't have really thought too much about it because she, she was a well-known political figure. But you must have been was, just uh,
0: questioning your own sanity at that point. This was years before it actually happened. Right. Yeah. Oh my God. And, and I didn't know he was
1: even considering anything like that, obviously. I mean, I didn't know the guy.
0: What is the one thing that our listeners can take from your experience and use today to make their life better?
1: If the only thing that you can do today is to really feel gratitude in your heart for a few things in your life, that's huge. That's huge. Start by feeling gratitude for some, even some simple things like hearing your kids or hugging your kids or getting up and walking around, you know. We often take certain things for granted like that. Just spend a few moments really feeling grateful for a few things in your life every day.
0: Can we affect... Can we manifest? Can we bring about change in our own lives? Can, do we have a spiritual power here on earth that we can use?
1: It is. It's called the power of your choice. <laughs> so your choices, not just making a physical choice, like I'm going to choose to either go to work today or not go to work today, but also choosing how you show up in your life, how, what words do you use to speak to others, how you treat others, all of those things are choices, and those all come together to create your reality. So what you choose really becomes your reality. So be careful about the words that you use internally for yourself. Be careful about the words that you use to describe what kind of future that you like or want to bring into your life. Be cautious about that because it really does make a difference. How? It does on many levels. First, it's a spiritual level. On the spiritual level, declaring what you are kind of makes it makes it happen. It's, you're, you're kind of, let's, let's say you're coalescing the energy around your desire, making it reality. And now on a very physical level, pure human level, if you keep telling yourself that you're not very bright, that you're not very successful, you're kind of setting yourself up to be that way because then you're, undermining your own confidence, therefore you're likely to be less successful. So it can be on a very physical level, just a self-fulfilling prophecy. But on a spiritual level, what you spend your time thinking about and how you think about what you want to become really does become your reality. You're affecting, remember I talked about that field of divine love that forms the structure of everything. Well, you're affecting that field that's around you. So if you say, the vision that I might have for myself is, oh, I'm going to be a very successful stockbroker, or I want to be a very successful real estate agent, envision yourself being that real estate agent. Talk to yourself as if you were that very successful real estate agent. Instead of saying, well, I'm not there yet. And the more you spend time worrying and in fear about what you're not, the more that that will become your reality. It's letting go of the fear, making the choice to bring your awareness into a strong picture of what it is that you want. It sounds rather easy, but it's actually not (laughs) for most of us to let go of the fear. We're oftentimes so concerned with the worry of not getting where we want to be, that that just trips us up. Focus in fully on what it is that you want to achieve.
0: That's Nancy Rhines. Her book is called Awakenings from the Light. Enter to win a copy from the website Casey.co. November 3rd, join my life coach circle. November 11th, a day of healing for women. November 15th, an evening with a psychic. All the details at kacey.co. Your thought for the day, my intention behind all my work, and that's to remind you that you are a miraculous creature capable of great things. Shine on.